Hi, it's Nicole Coley signing on for my second podcast with Mark Shaw in Lafayette, California, and he works at Remax as a real estate agent, but I've known him for several years. We've synchronistically have had our paths crossed through um, actually a different entrepreneurial Entrepreneurial, how do we say that? That's perfect. <laughs> um, thing that I did in the past. And him and I aligned on a lot of um, energy and intention setting and manifestation thought processes. And we've stayed in touch over the years, but we haven't actually connected um, personally, like in the flesh form, and how long? Well, I asked Coley today, how were the 90s? So um, that might tell you right there. Actually, he said, how are the 2000s? And I'm like, what am I missing? (laughs) Yeah, and then he... An entire decade? (laughs) Exactly. So um, here's Mark, and we're going to just kind of talk about some things And I actually have something that I thought was interesting that just popped up in my awareness that you said the other day about, um, so we both like want to create things in our life. And he's also a musician. So he's a real estate agent and a musician and a dad and a husband. What other things are you in life? What other roles? I thought they were good ideas at the time. (laughs) Well, we always do. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, musician, you said it, and I love music, and I love real estate, and entertaining. I love entertaining. Entertaining. And you had mentioned on the phone the other day, and this, this like, little fact or statistic has been, like, kind of mind-blowing me. Like, I've been like, wow, really? And I couldn't remember the exact number, but we were talking about um, how consciously we think about how many thoughts it, it's been, like, shown we think about how many thoughts consciously and then how many thoughts are happening unconsciously in a second or something like that? Right, yes. What? Well, well, first of all, I wanted to, to make clear that eight out of ten statistics are wrong. But, <laughs> but in this case, uh, the the book Coherence by Alan Watkins states that there are uh, 40 blips, whatever you want to call them, 40 impulses per second in the conscious mind, in the subconscious mind, there are 20 million per second. 20 million. And like, so for somebody who's an intention setter and who consciously wants to create and wants to be conscious of their thoughts, but we have 20 million unconscious thoughts still happening per second. I've just been kind of thinking about, well, what does that really mean? And that's a really good question, because I think we all wonder when they say we only use a certain percentage, 2 or 3% of our brain, I think we use the entire brain. I Personally, I, I feel without being an expert on the subject, because Alan Watkins, I, I believe, and I think I have his name correct, uh, is uh, not only a cardiologist, he's a neuro... neuro uh, specialist and he's he's a he did his homework in high school and college let's put it that way the guy's smart so but what it's meant in my life is 
for instance, I'll give you an example. I was at Costco the other day, and I knew that I had I had forgotten something. I'd forgotten my list. So you forgot something, but you first forgot your list. Yeah, I first, first <laughs> forgot my list. So I knew that I had forgotten something that was on my list. Right. Right. <laughs> I forgot that I forgot my list. <laughs> But I was standing there, and I had just heard the statistics. So what I did was I just stopped for a minute, and I just sat there, and I just started looking blindly into the into space, into the hundred thousand square foot warehouse of Costco, and all the products, and the people, and everybody rushing around. And was I was just still, and I was trying to remember. Well, I guess that's not trying. I, I, I just wasn't trying to do anything, but my intention was to remember what I had on the list that I didn't have in my possession at, at Costco. It, 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 uh, it, it brought me, it, I felt it took me into the subconscious a little bit. And when, I think when we slow down, because we're, we're, we're such a hurried pace. Our society is extremely hurried. One of my mentors just told me that he was staying in Dallas at a hotel and at, on the penthouse floor and he was looking one direction at you know 4.30 in the morning and all he saw were taillights on the freeway in one direction. Then he went to the other side of the, of the uh, penthouse which was the other side of the freeway and there were it was red with taillights and it, that that statement stuck with me. He said that he he's been in forty different countries, and he said in no other cities or countries does he see this except maybe Tokyo. This type of activity, and I think we we what we do in our society, and it's no secret, is that we we're just pretty much Type A, and we work like crazy, and we want to get ahead or we want to maintain. And I think it's when we're still, that's when things actually come to us through the beta level rather than the alpha level. I would like 100% A, agree with this. In my past, one of my professions were, was a flight attendant. I think you know I did that for several years. And I, yeah, I do remember now. Yeah, and... Um, the one thing that stuck with me about going to so many different countries was that they actually go, A, on vacation. Like, it's a real thing. Like, they actually really do it, where in America, most people I know don't actually go on many vacations. Um, and they also take siestas in the middle of the day. And I remember, and then a siesta doesn't actually mean, like, sleeping. Like, it's just... The stores shut down. The town kind of gets quiet. Some people take naps, big lunches, and then they go back to work for a little while, and then they gather in in like the town circles, and they're together, like in communion, kind of being with one another. And I was always taken back, like, why isn't it like that? Where anywhere I've lived, and I've lived all over the U.S. as well, many most major cities. But the one thing that struck me is every time I would leave a city like that, which was most of Europe, um, and there was other cities as well, but mostly Europe, that I would come home and I'd be like, "That's it! Like I want my life to kind of feel like that." Like it was 
I was alive when I was alive, but I had time to kind of, the, there was nothing open, so I'd have to go back to the hotel, and I would relax, and it was like, oh, wow, I was kind of reconnecting with self in a way that, like, the community and the culture kind of makes you do, because everything's shut down, or you recreate, reconnect with your family system, and I would go back out, and I would feel so much more alive, because I wasn't exhausted and overdoing, and I just feel like there's something about that peace and creation that's so vitally important, um, and I didn't even realize until you were speaking that this podcast is kind of because I took a space. I was kind of going, going, going. You know, I got divorced, and I was, like, in kind of a crisis mode, and um, I was graduating from my master's degree, and I was looking for a job, and I'm a single mom, and I was looking for a new place to live, and it was, I mean, it was, like, all, it was crazy Mm -hmm. madness, Mm -hmm. and thank you for being there for some of the conversations, and actually, and the search for an in-law, and, um, And then I've just been for this last year, it's been a really good year where I've landed, but it's just been doing, 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 doing. And some of it's been fun doing, and some of it's been work doing, and some of it's just been like maintaining doing, but it's been a lot of doing. And I had a moment a couple weeks ago where I was like, I just feel like going into a cocoon, like, and just wrapping up there and And in that cocoon, I took some space. Like, I took some space from doing all this stuff except for my job, which I love. And I love working with these kids. And um, in that space, all of a sudden, I had energy to, like, start something new that I felt, like, really drawn and passionate about. And, like, so there's something in that, like, the beta waves. And even theta, right? Like, because that's where healing happens, like... And the slowing down and the meditation, or even like you weren't even meditating, but you did, you were doing, you were connecting in Costco with some like internal piece of yourself, it sounds like. Right. And I can remember that moment much with much more clarity today as we're speaking than I can, you know, sifting through the avocados or the, you know, hurrying up to find a, you know, a bag of raspberries or or blueberries or things, you know, it, it, it adds a little, it adds more quality to our life, if nothing else. But so I think, what came to you in that moment then? Well, unfortunately, the, the items that I had forgotten <laughs> did not. So I, I did leave and I did come back to my office to find the, the list, the forlorn list, and, and I didn't uh, get it. But I think what it, what it did was it helped me to ground myself and to say that it's okay to just sit there and kind of look into space and, 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 and just be, like you said, when you're just doing, 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 it's almost like you're just skipping across the top of the water mm. at, at a, you know, like a speedboat, but never getting any depth. Yeah. And so that, so that was a little bit, I, I sort of took a little dive to at least eight feet deep Right. You know, swimming pool depth, and was able to have quiet for a moment. Mm. And so maybe it was a serendipity that, that just gave me a little bit of, of meditative space for a minute. And then I just went back to the uh, <laughs> the hurried pace of life. Right. There's no question that we are, our society, our tribe is 
on a fast track and that's mm-hmm. why we probably have a, a lot of the illnesses that we do they're related to that the high blood pressure the you know the heart uh, stuff like that I'm sure it's uh, hereditary much of it is hereditary too I think lifestyle is really a, a big part of that I think that in order to find that space it's sort of like finding a space and sometimes we can we can go we can think we're achieving more but we're really not we're really wearing ourselves down like Stephen Covey says we need to sharpen the saw and how do we sharpen that saw we sharpen it through rest rest mm-hmm. and recovery that's right and there's been there have been studies done on the Iditarod the uh, dog racing teams that that go a thousand and fifty miles up in the North Pole, and and so those dogs have to be in really good shape to run those races. Right. Well, they have a rest run sort of mentality. They rest first and then they run. Mm-hmm. They don't just keep running them because if they keep running them, then they'll they'll be the, their systems will break down. And they, they will die. And that's what happened to the early dogs that try to become achievers. Mm-hmm. So I think that our society, we need to learn to just rest when we need to. Like you said, pulling into that cocoon. And that's where we really get in touch. I think we remember why we're here. Yeah, I've been I've been coming back to this like... I don't know if I've heard it or where it feels so, it just feels so um, close to me when I say like remembering wholeness. And I feel like every time I I sit or I take space uh, or I slow down, I find that like I remember myself in a way that uh, and I connect to myself in a way that I usually am unable to, and it's like remembering my full, my wholeness, like my connection to the cosmos, or um, like Deepak Chopra says, all this struggling to learn and learn and learn here and learn there, and take this workshop and that workshop, when all we really have to do is to remember. And yeah, because I, it's all within us. I think that is absolutely true. I think sometimes it's nice to have a guide. No, I always think it's nice to have a guide. I, I love guides. I love guides. It's it's always nice. But I think that the most important guide is myself. Because, like, I can't even orient to a guide I respect if I'm not connected to, like, what inside and internally is, like, calling to me. Right. I mean, Absolutely. anybody I could like I, I can do anything. Right. I mean, I think we all have potential to do anything. And so if I'm not connected to my internal calling, then a guide will lead me somewhere that maybe my purpose isn't. Because you father knows best or Coley knows best. Right. 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 And 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 I think you're right. And I think we have that. And it's sort of like. It's 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 about us, but it's not really about us. It's not really about us. It's about what we can give, how we can serve. It's mm. how we can, you know, uh, 
our our path is can be right in front of us, mm-hmm. and we don't even know it. It's almost like the Creator or God or the universe that drives a car up and says, "Here it is. What's he gonna do? What's she gonna do?" Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of that that little story where the guy was uh, he was flooded. His house was flooding, and and water. You know, he was in the Mississippi somewhere, and one of the uh, the levees broke or something happened. There was torrential rain and water started coming in to his home and the cops came knocking at the door and the guy answered the door and the cops said, Hey, we've got a car here. You better get out of here. This place is, is really, you know, filling up pretty fast. So he said, Oh, thank you very much. But the good Lord will take care of me. Mm. And so uh, another hour, couple of hours went by and, uh, all of a sudden his house was immersed. So he had to get up on his, um, uh, he, he was started to get up on the second floor and he saw outside the window, a motorboat come through from his second floor. Right. And they were saying, jump in, jump in. We're here to save you. And, uh, he said, thank you very much. But I, I believe the good Lord will take care of me. And then finally, he was on his rooftop, and a helicopter, the guy was calling, hey, you know, grab on. And the guy still looked up at the helicopter and said, thank you, but I believe the good Lord will take care of me. Right. And so finally, the guy drowned. Mm-hmm. So Is he, this a true story? So, so you'll see. You'll see. No, but it happened. It could, right? I mean, I could see this <laughs> happening somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not true, but it happened. <laughs> So he's up, he's on the roof and 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 he didn't jump on the helicopter. Needs to say he died, I think. And then so he was in heaven, and the Saint Peter at the gate ushered him in through the gates, the pearly gates, and he went to the to uh, to one of God's you know whoever helpers, and he said, "Look, I thought what happened. Uh, you know, I I was I was I was depending on you to save me." And the guy, you know what his answer was? Well, we sent a car, a boat, and a helicopter. <laughs> what do you want? Right. I mean, and I feel like in life, that's real. Like, we are getting these, like, synchronistic lifelines. And I think that goes down to, like, some deep spiritual practices of attachment, right? Like, he was so attached to, like, what he thought God was or how God would save him or maybe his home that he wasn't able to be present with the, like, lifeline that the universe had, like, provided. Exactly. You know? He didn't get in the car. Right. The car was, the car was there, the boat was there, and right. the helicopter were there. But he didn't get in because he didn't see it. Right. And, I mean, I'm thinking, like, about my, like, major transition that happened with my divorce and everything. Like, I could, I, I could have, like, ended up being married in a miserable relationship for a very long time if I couldn't see the lifelines and opportunities that were being sent to me, right? I mean, it, they, it comes in many different forms. On Like, our, our path can, like, diverge at any second because things are opening up all the time. Right, exactly. Well, like Yogi Berra said, when you see a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> yeah, don't just forge through. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe you could though. I mean, maybe some people. I mean, some people do. I yeah, guess, right. right? Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of wondering. Uh, you had also shared. So the type of music you do now is for um, elderly 
people in homes. Is that correct? You perform for them, right? Yes. And that's of service, right? I mean, yes. this is something you're doing just because. It's a beautiful thing to do. And it makes it, you feel alive. Yes. Well, it, it does make me feel alive. And and I have to be completely full disclosure. There, yes. there are There is a small stipend involved in, in some of them. It's probably not the highest and best use economically of my time. <laughs> right. But I do derive immense pleasure from it. Right. And it, it, uh, I become the, I, I become the most famous nobody you'll ever know <laughs> at one of these retirement oh, communities. Oh, yeah. And there's been a lot of things, uh, a lot of feedback from the residents at retirement communities saying, you know, you made us feel so young again. I sing Frank Sinatra. I sing Dean Martin, Bobby Darren. I also play the violin, some beautiful melodic music that I didn't write, but I share that music with, with these folks. And it's just a fun time, and we joke around, and it's sort of like we're just at a party. Yeah. We're just sitting around a fire, and there's a nice fire going, and everybody's, you know, comfortable and warm, and we're just eating, all eating macaroni and cheese. Yeah. That sounds nice. And grilled nice. cheese sandwiches. <laughs> With some soup. <laughs> With some tomato soup, right. <laughs> and then I was kind of wondering, just like pulling it back to like this quiet space, does music do that for you? Like bring you into this space of um, self-awareness or does it kind of, what, what does it do for you? Well, music is one of the big parts of my life is I'm sure it's big parts of many people's lives and I saw on Facebook the other day a quote that said if you the next time you see a musician thank him because without music life would be a living hell yeah I mean I would agree with that I mean I I can't I you know I love I'm not a musician I wish I was <laughs> I love to dance I love to participate in music well then you are a musician you in some way, my body's an instrument, right? Mm -hmm. But never professionally trained. It's just mm -hmm. something that's like, it's a feeling, sensation-based, um, pleasure-based thing that like makes me feel more connected with the universe. And um, I just think about how many times, like music, what like all different genres across the board, like I can be in some place in my mind that is I'm finding difficult to shift. And if I put on a piece of music, like all of a sudden I can find a new space in myself. Absolutely. And why is that? I think it's because another uh, one of the, uh, the, the, the new um, discoveries that I don't know if it was an Alan Watkins book, but that we really have three brains. We have the, the brain is defined as a group of a bundle of neurons. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't know if that's the correct amount, but I think it's 4 billion. So our, our the, the mushy, squishy sponge in our head has 4 billion, mm -hmm. and it's very condensed. And then in our heart area, there's another 4 billion, but it's spread out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then finally in our intestinal GI tract is, is another 4 billion. The gut. The yeah. Gut. So I think that the heart sort of tells the brain what to do. And, I mean, that's why you see these people that, against all odds, that they, they can accomplish things that are seemingly impossible. Right. But it's because they have the heart. That's 
and and so music so for instance when i'm playing in a in a memory care unit and somebody is listening to the music and memory care you know there are dementia patients and there are a lot there are alzheimer's patients as well and mm-hmm. alzheimer's is a disease that degenerates the brain they have lost part of the brain that may be able to receive that music but they still have their hearing and and they still have their audio their their they can still uh, hear orally the music coming in and it will go directly to the heart. Mm. So that's why they can remember the lyrics, even though their part of their brain is gone. Whoa. It's um, absolutely amazing. And, and so I that's didn't why know it, that that was what's happening. So like literally they're processing and then the heart is like creating some type of memory bank. memory bank exactly and memory of a, of a time and it can make them feel sad or happy wow. and it can make them feel you know like you said they're, they're in a place where they were many years ago and, and these are folks that we think are you know kind of out of touch with a lot of reality mm-hmm. the music brings them right back yeah i don't know why this is coming up for me so i think that there's something beautiful about that and then there's this question of like present time and being in present time. And so what does that mean? So if if our heart is somehow dictating some emotion, right? Like I mean that's what it's saying. So we have our we have the reptilian brain, the, the mammal, and then like our frontal cortex. But then we also and the Costco have... brain. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I always have Costco brain, like seriously. <laughs> but then we also have the heart kind of dictating some type of like um, connection to past memory and feeling. Like I just wonder, and I mean I, I'm just saying this from like a, a perspective of trying to be as present as possible, um, trying to be as conscious and mindful as possible, possible throughout my day. Um, what that actually like entails for me as a human walking through the world. Um, well, you had asked it, it, in, in before what you know about being present in music and yeah. know, how, how that all ties together. I think I think that music really brings us to the present because by its nature, it it, it is a a string of notes, mm-hmm. a string of of it's like a little life. It's just like a, a song is a small life, mm-hmm. and it, it's born and and, and it, it and a day it, it born is born and a day dies. A note is born and a note dies, mm-hmm. and that's the duality or that that's the uh, the, the change and the, the finite the finiteness the the, um, the finite part of life that you have. So you know, like the note is like. Die. Like the no, the note is like the representation of like our body, like where we, bo- we everything, right? Everything. A night today, uh, a, a minute is born, a minute dies. A second is born, a second dies. So you have this continuing, this 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 chain. fractal form of like a chain. Yeah, yeah. And, wow, and within a song, it's like it's it's a. Huh. It's a like a little lifetime right. that you can live in that song. Right. And, and so the other thing about music and, I believe, nature, and the two are very powerful together. Oh, my gosh, yes. And. Now, well, the, I mean, they're powerful separately, right? Separately. So together they're like. 
and nature has its own music. Mm-hmm. It does. And, uh, you know, well, first of all, hearing and, and, and the, the getting down to the, you know, just the, the basic uh, structure of the universe, you know, there's that saying, without sound, not would be. Because everything is vibration. Everything, everything. right? Our whole our whole reality is a, is a vibration. That's right. So music is a, a a central. It's it's sort of like I always call it the angel hair pasta of vibration. <laughs> it's just so fine. And is that your favorite too? Angel yeah, hair? I love angel hair with that <laughs> tomato sauce. There we go back to the food again. We must be hungry. <laughs> But I, I yeah. think that it, in nature, the other thing is music and nature, if you think about it, uh, are we, they don't judge us. Music doesn't judge you. We judge music sometimes, but, but we can listen to a song and it's never, ever going to say we look silly or we have spinach in our teeth right or, you know we we look like we've gained a few pounds or whatever you know i mean i haven't actually even like i mean i'm kind of glad you're bringing this in because i've actually never actually actually thought about that like nature and music is not sitting there putting any casting any judgment on us that's it's right. just our projection on to it right i mean that's all that's yes. it i mean which is so interesting. And that to like allows us thinking. to be. Yeah. And so it allows us to be who we really are and remember who we really are. Oh, I'm getting like this, like, you know, all of, um, there's some like deep spiritual practices based in like, um, it's all a mirror. And I, and for, for some reason I couldn't really house that somewhere. Like everything about our surrounding life like anything like any context we're in it's like somehow all a mirror of us and a reflection of us and like how we are in the world and like I could get that like on a more literal literal level like okay and I could get that more on an interpersonal level like sitting in your in your office and I'm looking at all the plaques and um the pictures you choose to put up on your wall like the violin or um the people who are playing music or your manifestation board. It's like, yes, of course, this is him interacting in his world and this is his mirror image back to him, right? I mean, of course. And then I think because I'm a therapist and always had like this deep want to connect with people interpersonally, like I could always see how like, oh, I could project onto this person, they project onto me. There's this like interplay of dance. There's this place of me trying to figure out where I stand and like this mirror mirror image of um myself showing up and whether that's good or bad (laughs) like you know and in nature for some reason I'm like how is that tree like this has just been my deep struggle so I'm just having a moment for this (laughs) because you said something and it's hitting home sure how is that tree an image like a, a mere reflection of somehow my state of consciousness or awareness or where I am or, and I, I, I like have a connection with nature and I have a connection with music and I feel more grounded and stable, but I couldn't see where that element was at play. And for whatever reason, the way you just said that, it's like, it just hit me like, oh, like, the trees, like, I have a hard time connecting with my 
grounding aspect of myself. Like, it's hard. Like, I'm a very flighty movie, like, always going, creating And that's person. a great thing, too. Oh, that's sure. That's a very great thing. Sure. And, like, why do I love trees and nature? Because, like, I, too, am that. I, too, am, like, grounded. I am, like, peaceful. It's, like, harder for me to find. But it's, like, that reflection of myself. Hmm. Oh, my God. Thank you. Like, I've been, like, seriously, like, I think since 15, since this concept of, like, everything being some type of mirror, um, I've been pondering about that. That's a great analogy, Chloe, that, that, that we really do live in a house of mirrors. I mean, it, 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 in the end, one, one, once I heard it put, in the end, it's really all between you and God. Mm-hmm. And whatever God is, God, our creator, God, yeah. our, and... Uh, I, I think that everything we see or everything, you know, it's just beautifully depicted in the Pink Floyd song Eclipse from the Dark Side of the Moon mm. and, and all that you touch and all that you see. And oh, all my that gosh. You taste, brilliant. All you feel. All, I mean, everything. Everything brilliant. that is, is really, that's why our lives flash in front of us when we have a near-death experience because all of that culmination everything that we've experienced in our life sort of rushes back to us as our experience right as our experience and every time we look at something or, or judge something or we, we always put a judgment on something well, that's what we're, we're made to do that we're we made do we, that. We, we have to survive by judging things and every time you look at the tree there's a there's a little bullet in your brain um, that is ricocheting around your brain saying, okay, well, this reminds me of this, okay, and then that, and now I have a feeling about that. Or maybe. even maybe just like like that and just like, oh, it's not moving. It's safe. Like if you're going to go into your reptilian brain, right? I mean, like it's like it's right. safe, right? It's like safe. Uh, as we're like judging our environment. I yeah. mean, coming from a trauma lens or whatever, you know, like yes. it's, I mean, it represents so, it can be so, I mean, I feel like I need to go like, and look into like the deeper representation as I like, I'm just like looking at that light shining on the tree out through your window at like of what trees actually stand for and like nature as a whole, something like feels really alive for me right now with that. And like, I mean, even the archetypes of what trees have carrying meaning, like, I mean, it's kind of, well, yes. When Thank you, you. Well, you. When you think about trees and birds and, Trees are what other planet have has trees, right? And a tree is something that has seen a, many trees have seen a lot more lifetimes than we have in this lifetime. Uh, in fact, you know, many oak trees and certainly you know tr- bristle cone pines. You know, they're five thousand years old. Can you imagine? They were around when the Egyptians were around. For goodness' sakes, I know. So they have experienced so much more than we have so and and they feed us like and they feed us like we are breathing like Mm -hmm. i mean it's just Mm -hmm. i'm just having a moment right now with nature thank you (laughs) (laughs) and it's not like anything that i haven't it just came together you know how you have those moments of things just kind of oh it's something about that like it's almost like when the uh we used to do acting in acting school where we'd say, uh, 
you know, we'd work so hard to get the character, to get the character down and to know the character. And someone once put it, uh, I think it was Mike McShane, who went on to, to a, a very fruitful acting career. He said, you turn a corner and you run into your character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in this, in this yes. sense, it could be you turn a corner and yeah. you run into yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you are. <laughs> oh, here I am. <laughs> oh, it's nice to see you again. How are the 80s? How are the 90s? <laughs> Remembering wholeness. That's <laughs> like, right. You know? <laughs> and then I just wanted to tie in because I know that um, you expressed, and this is me kind of just wanting to, like, put this into the world for you. And I don't know if you're quite ready to do this. Um, but I know that you were also wanting to make some type of small shift with your music career. And you're just not sure what that looks like quite yet. But there is like an inkling of passion out there um, to do something different. What was it that you were talking about? Well, I mean, uh, we all want to do what's really fun. And also, you know, we're, we're, at, we're I think we're Carolyn Mace put it beautifully and said that we're the pioneers, we're the pioneer generation or, or the, the, the part of our, uh, in our existence of man, where we're seeking spirituality, happiness, and we still pay our taxes. So it's sort of doing both and. There has never really been a, 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 a culture of people that have really dealt with this, what we're dealing with. We're the pioneers of that. So in my world, I think that it would be great for me to be able to, I mean, I still love real estate. I love, you know, serving people. I love helping people uh, sell homes. And uh, I think growing my entertainment career might be uh, very satisfying as well Mm. to play to possibly bigger crowds or you know, do, do some more work on, on that aspect, either as in, in form of a website, in the form of, of just working on it, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, don't expect what you don't inspect or don't work at, you know, it's just not going to come, you know, it's, it's, it's you, you got to work. Right. We, we can't, we haven't figured out how to take the work completely out of it. That's right. But we're getting better at um, time management and energy management. Energy management. Energy management. Which is actually more true, I think. Right? I think, yes. Because, I think. like, I mean, there is this like linear time based thing, but I have in my life realized that, like, sometimes I feel like I have time to do everything in this 24 hour period. And sometimes I feel like I have not enough time. And. So it's made me realize, like, what is it about time? And in that, it's more about energy management. I yes. mean, that, that is, like, a piece of, like, why sometimes time feels so pliable and flexible and you have plenty of it, and sometimes you don't. Right. It's, you know? it's perception. And we all have 186 hours per week. Right. Nobody has one more or one less. Right. I think it's managing our efficiency and energy and to uh, back to the Iditarod, the rest run uh, sort of cycle. Right. Where you, you, we need to rest. Mm-hmm. We need to rest. We're not marathon runners. We are. I'm definitely not a marathon runner. No. I, I think if you look at a marathon runner, they, they actually, you know, God bless them. They look emaciated and they mm-hmm. look, you know, they look very, you know, just drawn. Whereas if you look at a sprinter, 
uh, Carl Lewis or, uh, you know, whoever else runs the 100 meter, uh, you can see that they're just this, these pictures, these specimens of, of health and, yeah. and, and, and strength. Yeah. And they, so they, that's, you know, I think that that's where we can be served by that. But um, so getting back to, you know, just this whole entertainment thing, I think that we have it at our disposal. And we, there's never been a better time to, in, in the history of, of, of human beings, to be able to put that out there in um, such like we're doing this podcast right, right now. Right, right. And who knows, right? I mean, we never know. what. Like, I have intentions behind what I would like this podcast to radiate out into the world. And I have, like, hopes and dreams as to what that would mean for you as well. And... Um, Whoever's listening, if you're interested, Mark Shaw is now available to do bigger parties. <laughs> um, and I just want to thank you for joining me and doing this podcast with me and just kind of doing what we do every time we connect and talk about these things that kind of inspire us both and make us feel good about life. And I feel like it just gives me... Sometimes after I talk to you, I just feel like I just went and got gas or something. Like I'm like my t- my my tank might have been like on almost E, and I just feel refueled or something. So I really appreciate your friendship and um, these conversations, and I wish you the best. And if you're interested in hearing more in the future, go to Coleology. Dot com. My website should be up and running very shortly. Or you can like me on Facebook under Nicole Leemaster, and then I have a page to like under Coleology. And thank you for listening, and I appreciate your time and all of your support. Everybody has been so supportive. Thank you. <laughs>